Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey. It's a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of freelancers. And today on the show, we have Robbie Good, who is another uh, freelancer that I met at Wax Space fairly recently. We had offices across the hallway from each other very briefly, fortunately, but unfortunately. We'll, uh, we'll get to that in a little bit later on in today's show. Uh, and uh, Robbie and I also got to go through this course, this identity mapping workshop recently, uh, where I found a lot out about myself, kind of gave myself some language to be able to speak about who I am and how I do the things I do. And Robbie got to go through that too uh, with another uh, independent, I guess an entrepreneur freelancer, Rocky Garza, who uh, we'll be having on here pretty soon as well. But today, like I said, we've got Robbie Good. Robbie, thanks for coming on the show today, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. What, uh, you've had a lot going on in your life recently, haven't you? With a little bit of a job change. Yeah. Yeah. A whole lot. Um, so I, I was, I was on my own for five years, um, and, uh, just hit a, hit a spot where, um, you know, an opportunity came along and, um, it just, it made sense. And I think having a awareness about myself and my strengths and weaknesses and, um, you know, just made, made the decision to jump into a, a full-time gig yeah. um, as opposed to sticking with freelance. So. so what, uh, what's kind of your backstory like leading <clears throat> up to this point, like through freelancing and then kind of, um, out of it, I guess. So I, I, my, my, my dad started a, uh, architecture firm, uh, here in town. And so I kind of at an early age, um, had this sort of drive to kind of have my own business in some shape or form. Um, and so I th- I'd say ever since college, I kind of had it set out to like do my own thing. What, you know, didn't know what that was going to look like, but, um, so <clears throat> 2014, uh, I had, I had built up a, a lot of freelance business, um, such to the point where I, I could have, um, you know, some money in the bank just to kind of, uh, roll with the punches, you know, whatever came the first, first few months. Um, and so came home and told my wife, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to make the jump, um, go out on my own. Um, had a, had a name that just came to me, uh, in yoga class (laughs) and it was just like, you know, everything was sort of falling together. And I realized that I had already kind of built that, that business, um, and uh, I called it Bridge Studio. Still call it Bridge Studio. It's still still legally my my business. Um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 kind of how at least I I got started on on that track. So before you made the leap into you said you you talked to your wife and decided at one point years back that you were going to do this. What were yeah. you doing before that? Were you doing creative work and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I was doing creative work. I was working for a company that did. Uh, we we primarily. Uh, did signage, um, wayfinding systems for hospitals, uh, airports, um, sports stadiums, all kinds of venues that basically need signs, tell people where to go. It's a, it's one of those, those creative jobs that you have no idea exists. Um, (laughs) but you know, I, I, I got turned onto it in college, uh, visiting a, a company that, that 
offered that as, as, as part of their services. And it was like, you know, just kind of mind blowing that I could do graph design that could be three dimensional and be built. It was like, it was, it wasn't architecture. I never wanted to do architecture, but um, it was, it was this nice like blend of, of two worlds. Um, was never really initially interested in like designing for digital, just felt very um, impermanent and non-tactile and just, um, just, you know, not, not something that, that, that I wanted to do. Um, and so this, this, you know, three-dimensional avenue really just became kind of my, my, my gig and specialty. And, uh, you know, after a while, just, just got, got sick of being kind of tied down into just, uh, specific environments. I mean, really, you know, (coughs) it was awarding doing, doing these systems for hospitals and help helping people who are, who are sick or visiting sick loved ones, you know, get around. But, uh, I think, uh, you know, in the end, I, I wanted to have more creativity and and not be bounded in that one one realm. So uh, I started doing some some branding work um, uh, for um, a couple local restaurants, and uh, everything kind of just you know, there's a lot of references that that built from that, and that's that's basically how how that business got got going. So when you Whenever you started doing this stuff for different restaurants, like that was kind of your launching point, I guess. Mm-hmm. What, how did, how are you getting those gigs? Was that, I mean, were you getting paid for those? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, th- so uh, th- you can never underestimate, you know, friends and friends of friends and friends of family. And there's just, there's always people, I think, in your network that um, need, y- you know, creative services in some form or fashion. And, uh, and that's, that's where those came from. It was, it was, uh, friends of my sister and, um, you know, they reached out saying, Hey, we need a logo. And it was like, well, you need more than a logo. You need website, you need, you know, menu boards, you need all this stuff. It was like, you know, I just kind of recognized from the get go that like this, this could be not just one thing, this could be, you know, a bunch of things and turn into something big. And, um, so that, that's, you know, that was, that was the network, the original network, um, that, that got built there. That's cool. So you were, I mean, I guess you're basically just going to find friends and saying, Hey, do you know anybody that would be interested in these kind of services that are looking for this um, stuff? Or you like post on Facebook no, early on? Um, I mean, early on, it just kind of came, it came my way, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing where you just sort of uh, put in the effort and, and the work and in, in, you know, it could be in one thing or another, but like if you, if you put the effort and the work into that um, and also put the effort and the work into, into your relationships, you know, I think that you can see a lot of business grow from that. Um, and so for a very long time, I mean, I was amazed at how much, work just came through, you know, almost, almost effortlessly, not effortlessly in terms of like, I wasn't doing work to get it, but just that would come through my network in such a way where it was like, you know, I wasn't talking directly to that person. I wasn't reaching out to that person, but somehow, you know, through the grapevine, they, they would kind of reach me and, and ask for 
a particular service. And, um, so I think that, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, blessings and, you know, fortunate aspects in that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think at some point you kind of have to, you know, take a deep breath and just sort of like, let, let, let the thing take its course. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's been that way for me even till now, you know, it, it, the, the, the course that I was observing, you know, my, my, my freelancing career was sort of like, like a big kind of arch, you know, big, big wave. And it was like, I know exactly where it, where it crested, uh, where it was at its peak. And then when things started to kind of, kind of drift downhill and, and those, those effortless, you know, network related jobs just weren't coming in. And, and it's, it, it's, it's hard to kind of, uh, it's hard to reconcile that. It's hard to, to confront it and be honest about it. But, uh, you know, at, at some point it, it just, it kind of, for me, dwindled. It wasn't that I wasn't like actively reaching out and trying to, trying to win, win new work. Um, it just, you know, sometimes things don't stick and that's, that's a really, that's a really tough, uh, reality to, to, you know, to deal with as a freelancer, especially. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, do you feel like that you were able to were you able to kind of pick and choose the kind of work that you wanted to do in the projects that you were taking or were, you know, and be some, being selective with that kind of stuff? Yeah. I, I think, um, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I'd say every single thing that I worked on was, was something that I wanted to work on either because I, I liked the project or because I liked the, the, the client, you know, I think that that's really, um, the primary driver for me, um, just in life and business is just like the relationship building, um, and, and working with people. Um, and so for me, it's always been about who, who the client is and who the person is. Um, that's really been the factor that, that tells me whether that was a a successful project or something that I want to go after or not. Uh Well, I mean, so would you say, like, I mean, how often do you think you were actually were directing work or were you, was it just that you just happened to have like all the stuff you were coming through with stuff you were stoked about somehow? Um, I feel like most of the people, I feel like there's gotta be some sort of, I don't know, vetting process or something that would make that happen. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. to say that it's mm-hmm. not to say that it's just not been my experience that yeah. that work doesn't come my way that I'm just not interested in. Right. Right. right you right. know, that I'm like, I'm not stoked about everything that comes. And there's sometimes yeah. I'm like, Hey, we're not a good fit for each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah. I'll price something a certain way or I'll say something a certain way or right. really just push hard. Right. Right. To right. where they just fall off. I think, um, for me, you know, it's, it's funny Cause I, so I had, I had, uh, two, um, staff members for, for a while for, for, let's see, for four years, I had at least one staff member for three years. I had two. Um, and I guarantee you, they wouldn't say that they enjoyed everything that they worked on. Right. They had to work on some, some pretty shitty jobs, but like, uh, 
So then were you just taking the work and just hiring people to do it? So you weren't having to do the work yourself. Well, you didn't want to as much. Not necessarily. I mean, I can't. Um, not necessarily. I mean, I, I, you know, I got to a point where, um, I was just absolutely slammed. And that, and that, that was definitely a spot where, where if something came my way, where I was just like, I don't want to deal with this. Like I've, I like, you know, I'd have somebody that I worked with before at another project come to me and be like, Hey, I need, you know, a logo and some other stuff. Are you interested? And I was just like, frankly, I'm way too busy to, to deal with this and, and, you know, can't, can't make it happen. Um, but that was also kind of not long, um, from the point where I realized that I needed some help that like I couldn't and didn't want to do everything by myself anymore. Um, and so that was when I, when I made my first hire, it was like exact, almost exactly one year into, into being in business by myself. Um, and you know, I, th I think it was, I think it was the right move. Um, you know, for, for a while there, we, you know, we, we did really well and, you know, we brought on another, another designer and just had this crazy awesome team, uh, you know, that unfortunately, ultimately the, the work just wasn't coming in. We couldn't, I couldn't continue to support uh -huh. that. Um, but, uh, like I said, I, I think my part of that business was always dealing with the clients and dealing with vendors and just dealing with people. And it was like that, that always brought me joy in some shape or form. You know, I didn't have to deal with anybody that I didn't want to deal with. And so, yeah, I mean, I could recognize pretty early on, like, oh, this is, this is not going to be a good fit. And, um, I mean, that's part of the beauty of being in business for yourself is being able to determine who you're working for and who your clients are. And, um, is, is there anything like specific you think that, uh, would be kind of giveaways that, Oh, this is somebody I probably don't want to work with that I'm not going to vibe with. Like if there's certain like verbiage they would use phrases, they would say, um, or, I don't know. I mean, it's, or anything, it's probably going to be different for every individual. Cause it, it, you know, it's, it's going to be those things that, that you just know that, you know, either you can just tell that their business philosophies aren't the same as yours, that they, they don't value, they don't have the same values as you. And I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's been the biggest um, indicator to me. I mean, I think we had an opportunity to, um, you know, go and work with, with another group that, you know, I, I really, you know, personally enjoyed them very much, but I think our, our business values and who, um, who their clientele was, didn't necessarily align with who our clientele was and who we wanted to be as a group. So, you know, we had an opportunity to kind of, kind of merge or kind of join forces with another group. And it just, it wasn't, yeah. Not that it wasn't a good personal fit. It was a great personal fit. It just wasn't maybe necessarily a good professional fit. So, so you even were going beyond freelancing and more so into like studio running. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. How, so what, I mean, what, when you started hiring people, was that process, I mean, what's the process like? Because I've kind of, <laughs> I've gone back and forth over the last few years of like, oh man, I really want to hire some people to bring on. But then I'm like, oh no, yeah. it seems like too much of a headache more than I would like to deal with. I'd rather just do the shit myself. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, happy it's, it's being, a you know. huge, huge leap. I mean, that that's, 
I had uh, um, one of my uh, dad's business partners tell me, it was like, there's nothing um, more stressful than your first hire because you're, you're, you're doubling your, your, uh, your employment force. You oh, know? That's a good point. And, uh, you know, it was true. It was, it was, it was really stressful. And there were all these things that I started to have to pay attention to, like kind of, you know, HR, suddenly you're, you're your own HR department. You're your own, you know, you're always your own accounting when you're a freelancer, but you know, you just add this, you add this extra, extra mouth to feed essentially in a big way. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a burden that, you know, you, you have to decide whether you're, um, you know, up for, up for the task. And, um, you know, I think, um, you know, you also have to have to look at, you know, what, what your particular strengths are in, um, you know, I think, I think people is, is one of my strengths, you know, um, but you know, money and organization, maybe not so much. And so, you know, then the problem is when you, when the business starts to grow, then you realize all these other, all these other additions that you have to make in order to sort of like really, um, really create a good balance of, of what your business is able to offer and what your, you know, how your business is structured. So, you know, I had a point where I was like, I really need somebody to come in and organize my, my entire business. Cause uh, you know, I just, I need a project manager. I need all these things, you know, it's, it's hard to scale. I, I don't, I don't know how somebody does. I don't know how somebody scales a business alone is, is what I'd say. I think taking a freelancer mentality and then trying to say, I'm going to, I'm going to turn into business and then scale that business. I don't, I don't think that's really possible. I don't think you can keep a, a freelancer model and kind of grow your as a, as a multi-person business. Yeah. You, know? you have to start delegating tasks, yeah, sep- like you, separating stuff out or roles. And I guess, and, and I think, you, you know, you really need to uh, really need a partner. I mean, I think I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of freelancers out there. They're like, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm I think I want to, I want to grow this or whatever, but I think you have to think about why you became a freelancer maybe is, you know, because you, uh, just felt like it, things would be easier by yourself. You felt like you could do this, you know, so much better on your own. And, and I, that's how, you know, I, I went into it very much. So with the mentality of like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to find the perfect fit for a partner in this business. So like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it alone um, and grow it, you know, by myself. And uh, I think that's, that's really hard really hard to do i think it's 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 much easier just to be a freelancer <laughs> yeah uh you know that seems to be my experience so far yeah which i is, mean is why i've stayed in one the way i have exactly i mean i think uh like i don't know how i could transfer all this stuff in my mind and split things out and stop doing stuff that i've been doing for years it's it's uh it's difficult to um you know, have, have even, even a a staff, you know, come, come in and do something and you're just like, well, you know, I would do it this way. It feels like a lot of letting go and just going, well, things aren't going to be the way I would do it. 
Right. Maybe they'll actually end up being better. Right. Yeah. But which a lot of times that they're not, it's not going to yeah. be. And a lot of times it, it is better. It's different and, and new. And, and uh, that, that's where it comes down to the strengths. You know, I just think you have to kind of surround yourself with, with people who have different strengths than you do. And so then um, did you hire somebody that was really good at organization and no, whatever that's, what finances? I, that's what I should have done. I okay. think I'd probably still, still have my own business if I had done that, but the, it, it's a chicken or the egg. You got to have the, the money and funds to, to, um, to bring on the extra overhead. I mean, it's just, that's, that's the other thing to realize about, um, you know, growing a business is, is that you, the overhead can just become astronomical. And, and if you don't have the revenue stream to actually cover that, um, you know, you, you can get into a pretty tight spot when it comes to money. Whereas as far as if you're a freelancer, I mean, the money's all yours. You're just, you're kind of, you're rolling in as much as you want, uh, as much as you're willing to work for. Um, and that's, that's kind of, you know, I, I hit a, I hit a threshold where it was like, I, 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 I'm too tired to like work this much. And, you know, I was very comfortable financially. Uh, but it, it just wasn't, you know, I was working my ass off and it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't like personally worth it. You right. know? So, uh, I mean, I, I made more money my first year as a freelancer by myself than I did, uh, last year you know, or the year before, uh, or the year before that. So that was yeah. your first year was your best my year. My first basically. year was, was my personally my best year. My, my, you know, my business took kind of a different trajectory, but a lot of that, um, you know, went to overhead or, or yeah, your employees. subcontractors, vendors, right, whatever. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, while, while the business can, can, can go on a certain arc, your, your personal finances may, may not, you know, it, it could, it could be inverse. Um, as it was for me <laughs> and this, if I had stuck with it, uh, this year, I mean, it would be, by far be my, be my lowest, uh, personal income, uh, year yet. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's when I knew it was, was right to make the, make the move. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting to me that your first year you did so well. So mm-hmm. I feel like that is definitely not the case for majority of the people that I talk to. Yeah. In my experiences, it takes two, three, four, five years. Mm-hmm. What, what did you do to be able to do that? I mean, how did you, I mean, like that had to be, I feel like there had to be something you were doing, whether it was outbound marketing somehow yeah. or, or I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think, um, pitch and spec work. Yeah. I think it was, um, um, a lot of ways, the kind of the luck of, of that first client that I hit, you know, cause it really, uh, was able to drive so much referral business. And then at that point it was just about doing the work and really just like working my tail off. And so, you know, I was spending late nights, weekends, I mean, just really working long, long hours, just busting my ass, you know, to make it work. Um, and, uh, you know, one of those, one of those clients happened to be, you know, pretty big, um, a pretty big account just in terms of the amount, amount of cash brought in. And so, um, you know, busting my ass for that one client equaled 
more money. They, they, they gave me, you know, more business because of the effort and work that I put into that, that, um, first project that I did for him. And, um, um, you know, from there it was just about kind of, uh, again, just talking, um, talking to people and, you know, telling them, telling them what I did and, uh, networking with people at, uh, common desk at the co-working space. Um, you know, I picked up all kinds of, of odd jobs just from, from other, uh, folks in, uh, in the co-working world. That kind of subcontract. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, they had, they had, uh, you know, a website project that, that they were working on, you know, there's, there's all these, especially with graphic design, there's a lot of, um, a lot of folks that run marketing agencies, you know, they're, 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 they studied marketing and they're good at marketing, but they don't have any design. Oh, okay. And so they, they that literally subcontract out all their design work. And so, you know, I, f- I found a lot of those type of folks, uh, just around, around the coworking space, um, and, and, and elsewhere within my network, uh, getting involved with, with, uh, community stuff. I, I did, um, an event, uh, that was being run by, um, uh, a local nonprofit that, um, you know, got on, got on that board kind of organizing the event. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, getting involved, um, and just staying busy. Yeah. I mean, it just, it takes a lot of, a lot of willingness to, to work and, um, you know, and always, always be busy, um, growing the business. So you mentioned that you did some, that you would do a decent amount of like subcontracting or using vendors. What kind of stuff would you be Um, doing that for? I mean, it could be anything from illustration to, um, um, you know, signage fabrication to printing to, um, um, yeah, I think it did, did a little bit of photography or, you know, video work. Um, I mean, it just kind of depends on, on what the project, uh, would call for. I mean, I think, I think one thing that, um, uh, you know, freelancers can look for both, you know, for themselves and then, and then, um, um, you know, for themselves as subcontractors or bringing on subcontractors is to think about, you know, oh, this could be a, this could be a revenue stream. I could, I could bring in money by offering, uh, you know, photography services via a, a photographer, not saying that like I'm taking credit for this, but basically you know, maybe there's, you're, you're connecting, you're doing all the interfacing with photography is maybe not the best example. I think printing's maybe an easier one. So say I'm, I'm bringing in a printer so I can, uh, I'll do all the interfacing with that printer. I will, um, do all the coordinating, um, get the samples, run to the shop, pick them up, take them to the, um, to the client. Um, so, you know, I'm doing a good deal of work here on behalf of my clients. So that entitles, um, entitles, you know, a markup and it's not, it doesn't have to be a huge thing, be 10% or less, but you know, that, um, can become a revenue stream, um, for, for particular, I uh, got you. That makes sense. Yeah. How do you, so how would you calculate 
uh, I mean, I guess not only your own rates or projects, how would you price that kind of stuff? And then going into as well with some of the vendors like that as a revenue stream, like how yeah. would you, how would you price out stuff? Well, like I mean, with, 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 with vendors, it's, it's, um, it can be pretty simple. I mean, that let's say, let's say it's 10%. I mean, if you're, uh, you're telling your client that you're going to bring in, um, you're going to do the, um, get the print, uh, say it's a, trifle brochure or something like that you say like yeah i'll i'll get it printed for you you know you, you reach out to the printer get a cost for it and then add a, an additional 10 percent, and then go go back to the client and say okay the cost for this is x you know and it's it's the cost of printing plus your markup that encompasses all your all the stuff that you're doing you know you have to just think about the time that, that's involved um and i've had projects where you know my time was way more than 10% of whatever the, the fee was. Cause maybe it was something that was like a tiny little print job or one sign that, you know, cost 500 bucks. But then I spent, you know, probably, you know, another four or five hours, you know, where I've, I've almost done, if I was charging hourly, you know, about as much work as what the sign costs. So it's just, you know, you have to think about, um, the value of your time. I think, I think a lot of people, um, either say I'm going to price hourly, I'm going to price by the project. And, um, you know, really you just have to consider which one is, is getting you your, your actual value and what, what you're worth. What do you feel like some of the pros and cons would be kind of going on going either way? Cause I, I do both mm -hmm. depending on what the job is. Right. Right. So for, for like business to business, if I'm doing like turnkey project, I'm like doing the entire project, uh -huh. I will typically do project price with yeah. that. If it is uh, like an agency, I will typically do, uh, I'll do like day rates mm -hmm. or half day rates. Mm -hmm. Same thing mm -hmm. for other photographers. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the only time that I do hourly that I can think of right now would be extended revisions, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. over the allotted amount. Yeah. And, and that's probably the best way to treat it is, is set up, set a project fee and then set a, 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 you know, revision, you know, hourly revision costs or just an hourly fee for, for services that go beyond. I mean, it's just, it's so hard. Like, I mean, pricing projects is, that's like the, that's like my kryptonite. Like, I mean, I think that's really where I kind of struggle to get a grasp on, you know, what, what was actually going to, um, you know, turn a profit. And again, it's different, you know, having staff, uh, you, you, you have to up your prices in a way that, uh, I, you know, I don't think I, I did ever did appropriately. Um, and, and I think that's because I didn't track hours in house. That's where that organization comes is I didn't have any methods in house to say, okay, um, you know, so-and-so spending, you know, 30 hours on this project. I only budgeted for 20, so we're not making any money on this, on this project. I mean, it's why big, big companies like the one I'm at now are very stringent about about hours and how, where those hours are going, how those hours are being tracked. And that, you know, that may lead you to think, okay, well, hourly is the best, but I mean, it's, it's not always the case because it may, there may be something that, 
um, you know, only takes half an hour to do, but is it worth half an hour's worth of money? I mean, maybe something right. pretty big. There's a great quote I just saw again this past week that uh, was like, I, I trained uh, for 10 years to be able to do what I did for you in 30 minutes. You know, so uh -huh. it's like factoring in the value of the, the years that you've spent becoming a master at your craft, the, um, the skills set, you know, everything that goes into the value of the client having you, um, you know, as they're, as they're creative. So I feel like there's that and on the flip side is you budgeted for 20 hours and it's going to take you 30 yeah. and you're like, Oh, we're out of time, but uh -huh. we're not done with the project yet. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. client, guess what? It's actually going to cost more. Yeah. Or I'm eating cheap for a while or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, that's the trade-off. I think, I think you, you got to be willing to have the tough conversations um, ab about money and say, you know, hey, look, this is, this is taking me way more or, hey, the rate I gave you, you know, it, it was, was, you know, you're, you're, you're a friend or you're, you know, I really enjoy working with you. So I give you a great rate, but look, this is, this is, we're getting our asses handed to us because, you know, the, the price is just way too low. We're not making any money off it. And I, you know, I've, I've, I've been there, you know, multiple times and, uh, and, and it, it sucks. You know, you just, you kind of have to be honest and be like, okay, well, is this somebody worth keeping around, you know, if they're not going to, um, pay, you know, the, the, what it's worth. Um, or do I, yeah. Or do I just have to suck it up and <laughs> eat, eat cheap or, you know, win some more business. Yeah. So if you were doing, uh, if you're doing a project pricing, then how do you figure up what the price I always be. so I mean the, the best advice is always to overestimate you know like I mean maybe maybe there's there's some sort of formula or trick where it's like go go like time and a half or something like that like like double your your hourly rate like like keep the same amount of hours but double that rate and then price it that way or um you know or, or vice versa just just estimate give yourself a whole lot of padding in the hours and you know, there's, there's always trial and error. I, I think, I mean, and again, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't track hours in house to really get, get a grasp on that. So that's, I mean, that, that's definitely a piece of advice I would say is even if, even if you're working for yourself and you know, you don't have to put in timesheets or do all this stuff that you have to do at corporations, you know, it's not a bad practice to, um, to really have some sort of good time tracking system uh, in place, even if it's just like a little Chrome plugin or something that uh, is just going to help you um, keep a tally on that. Um, Cause that, that's ultimately going to help you determine, you know, how to price projects and what your, what your value is. And then, I mean, as far as like a base uh, hourly rate, like how do you if you if it if your hourly rate is two hundred dollars an hour, 
How are you deciding that it needs to be two hundred dollars an hour? That's what that's what my rate is. Yeah. How do you get to that? Well, how do you whatever that number is? How do you yeah that's that's yourself the, like, get to that number? I feel like that's the that's the freelancer's uh, burden. I know, right? Figure <laughs> figure perpetually out like not going to make somebody come back and say, "Are you kidding?" Like, I mean, I think it's uh, it, it's. Uh, I think you have to factor in experience and market rates. And I mean, there's just, there's a lot of uh, factors that, that I think, you know, go into it. And I can't tell you how many times I've just lowballed it. Cause I'm like, well, like I just need the work or I just, you know, I just want to do this business. So, um, you know, it's, that's, that's, I think that will forever be the, the freelancers uh, burden is determining an hourly rate. And if there's somebody who's like crazy comfortable with that, like I'm sure there, there is, I, I'm, I'm definitely not, not that way. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I know sometimes it's uh, like some people have more of a, a process as far as like, Oh, I know like all these costs and this and this and this, so I have to do this and make this. Whereas like others have talked about how, uh, yeah, I check, you know, uh, market rates. Mm -hmm. I check around and see what other people are doing and kind of compare myself to where they are and how long mm -hmm. they've been doing it compared to where now, how long I've been doing it for. Uh, I, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's a, like a diverse, like wide range of different ways that yeah, people all seem to more or less get to the same end of like making a living doing these things. Yeah. It's cool, man. What, uh, so before you said you were doing the, uh, the signage stuff mm -hmm. or whatever pri prior to freelancing, mm -hmm. had you, I mean, like growing up, you, you said your dad did architecture work. Mm -hmm. So were you kind of a creative bend growing up or did you do any sort of sculpting or drawing or any artistic kind of stuff or have a, any, yeah. I'll, is there I mean, any foreshadowing always... that you would do this? Yeah, I always did, um, did art and was, was really in art growing up. And, um, I mean, I remember even in high school, like when I had, a, we had a band and, you know, my buddy and I working on the posters together and stuff like that, like doing, doing graphic design before I even knew what, what graphic design was. Um, and, uh, you know, when I got to college in, I was sort of like, well, I want to do whatever is the mixture of art and advertising. Cause I know that that's like a business. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's, you know, when someone said, well, have you heard of graph design? Um, and so, uh, I mean, that, that was how I got into, to graph design, but, um, in college, you know, I really started taking the kind of those first freelance, gigs um because some opportunities would come up you know my sister was in austin and she worked for a company that needed some some minor you know little small graphics projects here and there and i was like okay I'll, yeah i'll do that and uh i don't even remember what i charged or what i made from those but um yeah i mean i think uh the idea of freelancing and do my own work, you know, has always, always been there. And I'm still, still doing stuff, you know, on the side right now, because I've got clients that, uh, either need to wrap stuff up for, or, um, 
you know, just, I just want to continue, um, that particular relationship. So, uh, you know, it's worth the extra time and working, working after hours, after I come home exhausted from, from my day job or, uh, you know, putting some work, putting some hours in on the weekend. And, and now it's nice because the finances is not the, not the primary concern. Right. It's kind of more of <laughs> you get to focus a little bit more on taking stuff that you really want yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. So that's, so you've always kind of done some freelance. I mean, uh-huh. you just had yeah, it. Absolutely. You just weren't yeah. like full, like I'm going to do just this. Right. 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 Except, right. except for yeah. that little like gap. Yeah. There. Yeah. Kinda. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, I've been freelancing since before I had a full-time job. I mean, so since probably 20, 20, 21 years old, some, some around there. Um, and, uh, you know, I see, I see freelancing always being kind of a, a part of my life in some way. Um, cause again, for me, it just comes down to like the relationships and then the, the, the type of work. I mean, that's the beauty of my situation now is just being able to take on anything, anything that I want. Um, that, that comes my way. Obviously I can't pick and choose, but, um, you know, if something comes my way that I'm interested in, I can take it. If something that I'm not interested in, I can say no <laughs> and not yeah. have to worry about, about the finances. So it's almost kind of, it almost seems like the best of both worlds a little bit, especially cause you, I mean, you're married you have kids, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're a little more like solid or like st- settled down yeah. per se. And so having more of a structure and a routine in your life and that stability, I feel like probably is a lot more beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I myself am like the exact opposite. <laughs> I'm single. I don't have kids. I have a couple of dogs and a cat, but uh-huh. they well, don't mind traveling around and they're pretty easy going. I think uh, one of the things, you know, that I've learned one of the things I learned in my, in my five-year journey is, is a, uh, you know, independent, um, is that like, you really get to know yourself pretty, pretty well, uh, being on your own. And, you know, I realized that, uh, I, I need to be, I need to work with, with people, you know, it was like, I was only happy on days when, I was either dealing with the client or working with my team and, you know, that, that's really, you know, even recently, like being at, being at, um, over wax space, you know, I had so many days where I, I had no, uh, no opportunities to really like interact and do business with people. Like, like, I mean, we could stop and talk or whatever, but like, I kind of learned, uh, that, that I really need the energy of other people in order to kind of thrive and, and, and enjoy, you know, what I'm doing. Um, so like, I, you know, I think about a lot of the stuff I learned in Rocky's, uh, workshop, uh, it's just like, it just totally, everything made sense. Cause it was like, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's me. Like, you know, I, I, I just, it's, it's amazing how much I learned about myself in the like five mm-hmm. years that I was my own boss. So. <laughs> so did you, whenever you took this job recently, uh, that was right in the middle of when we were going through Rocky's course. Yeah. Did you, did that course have any weight in your decision? Um, 
a little bit, but it, it was kind of like, you know, the course was kind of, it was like, it was illuminating stuff that I kind of already knew okay. in a way. It was like, you know, I already knew inside the stuff that, you know, that we were, that we were focusing on. Um, and so it was like, yeah, it makes total sense that I'm pursuing this particular role because, uh, it fulfills all these, these needs. And I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, um, basically I felt, you know, after having staff for a while, uh, I learned that I was, uh, very good at, at, at just, you know, guiding people and leading people. And so being completely on my own again, which I thought I was going to absolutely love. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to go back to, you know, earning a bunch of money and, you know, being on my own is fine. I can do whatever I want. I don't have the responsibility of payroll and all that stuff. And sure, it was nice not having payroll anymore, but I really, really missed, uh, you know, acting as creative director and, you know, just being, being a mentor and guiding people. And, and, uh, so that, that's where, you know, this opportunity came along. It was like, yeah, I think that's the perfect, perfect position. So, um, I think, uh, yeah, ultimately just knowing yourself or like going through, the journey, you know, maybe, maybe you go off and freelance for a little while and determine, you know, that you need something else. And I think there's, there's, uh, there's a whole lot of exposition, kind of like personal, um, uncovering that can happen, you know, through freelancing. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's a, it's an awesome, awesome. It's way a to crazy be. ride, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Lots of ups and downs, and um, I haven't thought about that until you mentioned it. Now, like, yeah, it, yeah, I have. It is. It is very expos- exposing. Yeah, like yeah. of oneself, especially. Yeah. Yeah. You start to learn what you're good at and what you're not good uh-huh. at. Yeah, and if you want, if you're going to succeed, you got to figure out how to put a lot of fail safe in place yeah. for where you yeah. fall short. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You learn like what you're good at and what you're not good at. And, you know, if, if you're on your own, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I am going to take on this kind of job or I'm not going to take on that kind of job. Um, if you, if you got people with you, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta bring somebody in or put on that hat that, that allows you to take care of that, that particular, um, that particular need. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my, I think ultimately my, my strengths and persona was not, uh, well suited for what I was trying to do. I think, um, if I had gone into it with a partner, if I had kind of been, um, just in a different role, uh, you know, I think it could have, could have gone a different way, but, uh, ultimately I, you know, I feel like my, business was so successful because it, it, um, took me on, on a, on a journey that, you know, I needed to kind of understand. And, um, now I feel like more at ease being back in a corporate environment, (laughs) even though there's things, there's still things that suck. And I, you know, I still have that independent drive where I'm just like, Oh, I just want to do this my way. But, um, I, I don't know. I'm way more at ease with it than I was when I was 22, 23. (laughs) what uh i mean you mentioned putting on different hats kind of switching roles around 
do you ever do any where you were kind of uh like do you ever segment those things up or have days that you would do so like so for like for me i try to split off yeah and do different types of things on different yeah, days right 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 yeah yeah i mean especially yeah i mean if you've got like it's just like oh shit i'm backlogged with like invoicing like like spend like half a day just invoicing get it done or you know okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do uh you know i'm gonna go out on site this day and then tomorrow you know yeah i think it's i think it's really important to to kind of plan and to kind of (coughs) break up your your day break up your week in a way that um is gonna be beneficial both to you personally, but also just to, to the business and, and, uh, and your clients. Yeah. I, uh, I always kind of feel like it's harder to, to switch between like one persona and another, or like Mm -hmm. a headspace. Mm -hmm. And I always have to like separate it out, even if it's just by like, uh, you know, beginning of the day, end of the day, like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do all of this, this first, then we yeah. do all of this thing over yeah. here this way. And then we do all of this. Yeah. Let's, let's move over a little bit more into uh, things that we don't talk about so much that we don't like as much as creative freelancers, mm-hmm. like business admin stuff, mm-hmm. like contracts. How do yeah. you deal with those or how did you, or did you do them at all? Even, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. Don't. I mean, that, that was, that was a big part. I mean, you talked about like different hats, uh, the different hats you got to wear and like segmenting your days. I mean, especially, uh, you know, and, and freelancers have to do this, uh, to even on their own, but like, especially with staff, I mean, you, you've really got a lot of different, um, hats you got to wear and a lot of administrative stuff. I mean, contractor contracts, are, you know, super important. Um, cause you, you want to have something to fall back on. Um, if the shit hits, hits the fan, um, uh, you know, so I, I think, I think having a good, a good template or something, I mean, you can find, you can find them online. I mean, that's, that's the great thing about the internet is like, you know, there's all kinds of templates for, for different types of contracts, whether it's a retainer, whether it's, uh, you know, just a single project, hourly rate, anything. I mean, you, you can find a, a template for it online. Um, th- you know, there's, there's, there's all the, um, finance, there's the financial aspect, the, uh, billing taxes, you know, just shit that, um, is no fun at all, but, but you got to do it. <laughs> and I think, uh, it's just, it's one of the trade-offs. Like it's one of the trade-offs of being your own boss is, you know, you got to do some of that, some of that business shit that yeah, it's uh, not all roses. we don't, we don't go to school for, uh, some people do. I mean, I honestly, I, I wish I'd gone to school for it. I'd probably been <laughs> a lot better at it, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's the, the, the dirty details of, of, uh, of being in business for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the time you just draft up based off, you said you would use different templates and stuff. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, once, once, uh, 
once I had kind of my own um, language and my own um, format, I just kind of rolled with that. And I mean, I, I, I basically like, you know, branded my, my contracts, my invoices, everything had kind of the same, same look, um, you know, and, and it made it kind of easy, like put together proposal. Uh, I would just find like the most similar project to whatever it was that was, that was coming up. So if it was, a um, you know, uh, if it was a signage project for an office building or something like that, I could, I could find a, a previous project I did or proposal I put together that was for an office project and just tweak it. Um, and if it was for, you know, branding, you know, I'd have a separate contract for that. And so I think just, just getting systems in place, I mean, it's just, is very helpful because you don't, you don't have to like reinvent the wheel every time you sort of be like, okay, this is, this is the contract format. This is, uh, the, the fee, you know, setup that I'm going to use for this one. Um, and you might like, in my case, I would like break it down by phases. So have, you know, um, conceptual work's going to be X and then, you know, development's going to be Y and then implementation is going to be Z. So just like kind of going through, you know, making sure you're capturing the whole breadth of, of scope, like the entire scope of services. Um, is crazy important because again, you have something to, to fall back on. You've got, um, you know, well-defined scope of work that you can use as, as, uh, as your, uh, your, your, um, you know, ammunition, if you need to come back and be like, um, you know, we're totally out of B for this and we need, you know, we need to talk about additional services. And I, I never did that. So I'm not the best like role model for that. Did you, I mean, did you have situations where you could have, or you should have, or did you? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, but I'm just, um, I'm like, I'm too, too nice, uh, when it comes to business and just, yeah, never, never did that. So, um, which is okay. I mean, I, I just think it, it depends on what your situation is. I mean, it, especially, um, being completely independent, like, you know, it was easy to, just be like, well, you know, that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to cut my losses on this one. I'll make it up with another one. Um, but that's, that's not a way to get by when you have staff because then the, you, you, you know, get into problems with making payroll and all that. Yeah. It would uh, be hard. You kind of get overextended. Yeah. And then, but I, you know, I relied on, uh, I mean, still do rely on uh, QuickBooks and, um, you know, TurboTax and all that stuff to like do all the like really nitty gritty stuff of being a business owner. Um, so yeah. Highly you mentioned TurboTax. That's interesting. You, is that what you use whenever you do your preparation? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. What's I your, mean, have you done that for a while? What's your uh -huh. experience been like? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so I usually, um, so I was set, I set myself up as a, um, S, S Corp, uh, LLC. Um, and so like I put myself on payroll and, um, uh, would run through like pay taxes during the year and then just kind of file, you know, file through TurboTax along with my wife and just, um, you know, it kind of, it makes it easy because they walk you through like everything. Um, before that, uh, I mean, I still use TurboTax, but I was making uh, estimated payments, um, before I was an S Corp. Um, so I met with, I met with a tax advisor. That's, I mean, I definitely recommend, you know, 
at least having one meeting with a tax advisor to kind of kind of talk through um some of just the just kind of like get your groups basic on, like, bearings yeah. on how things work because they'll tell you you know if well if you're a sole proprietor you know you ought to make estimated payments each quarter and um and then you know if you do if you file as an s corp then you you're on payroll and so you're making payments during the year and you don't have to make estimated payments so yeah it's i definitely definitely recommend everybody you know have at least one conversation with a with a tax advisor and maybe an accountant too yeah so, so i mean then you mentioned sole proprietor versus going to s s uh, what's uh-huh. wh- like why would somebody go one versus the other uh well I mean, escort makes sense, especially when you have additional staff, but, um, but I, I believe, I mean, there's nothing, nothing stopping you from doing it. Like if you're, if you're just independent, um, because it's just the, how you, uh, classify your, your business. So with an escort, you're, you're an LLC and, um, you know, there's, there's certain other regulations and paperwork and stuff that you have to file like a franchise um, franchise tax and, um, there's like annual paperwork that goes into that. And there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of other shit that, that, that happens when you, when you become an LLC. So there's the benefits of being a sole proprietor is you don't have to do any of that. You're just, you just are, you have a DBA and whatever, and that's, that's it. You're not paying anything extra. You're not filing extra fees. So, um, which is wondering DBA is doing business as, yeah. Yeah. It's like a legal yep. filing. Please. So if my company was called Design Studio, yeah. It'd be like Casey Reed doing business as Design Studio. That's right. Yeah. Uh did you have anything else you wanted to say on that? No. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, I registered and I guess trans transferred transition to an S corp uh-huh. a few years back. Yeah. And a lot of the reason I did it was my understanding is that there's a self-employment tax that you pay as a yeah. sole proprietor that you don't pay mm-hmm. as an S corp. And somehow yeah. I don't completely understand it, but somehow it ends up being better that way. And you can also, as S corp, you, you, you set your salary. And so it just has to be like reasonable. So you could, you know, you could pay yourself 48 grand a year or something like that. And say that that's, you know, that's a totally reasonable salary. So I'm paying taxes on that, but you still have to, Taking into account, you know, anything you bring in additional to that. And so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's, uh, I, I, the, the salary I paid myself through payroll was, was what I was making. I wasn't making a whole lot in addition to that. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of how it is for me too. The IRS is definitely, <laughs> definitely not getting gypped out of, uh, anything for me. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, what else do you feel like, what what else is there we should talk about, man? Uh, I feel like you have, you have a pretty an interesting like journey of experience yeah, through a lot yeah. of different things. Um, maybe there's some stuff that you, that we should know about that I don't know to ask about. 
I don't know. I'm trying to think about like certain um, client experiences. Oh, well, I could tell uh, I had a, I had a client that, that went bankrupt. <laughs> that was, that was interesting. Clients that are dealing with uh, financial troubles. That's, that's something to like steer clear of. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know how you, you know, I mean, I guess the signs should be kind of obvious, but I guess usually in my experience, it's usually it's the ones I've been working with for a while. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of start to see signs, uh, that something's up. And I think it's, it's important to pay attention to those signs and they start getting late on payments, you know, you got to set up good boundaries and just, you know, put your foot down (laughs) and stop work until, until you get, get paid. I mean, I, I just think that that's, uh, can't, can't understate the importance of, of just ensuring that you're getting paid on time because there's no sense in dealing with clients that, that, um, that aren't going to pay. So it sounds like maybe you've had this happen a few times. <laughs> yeah. Well I had, um, so yeah, I had a client, my biggest client, uh, went, went bankrupt on us, uh, which was, you know, I mentioned that my business kind of had a, an arch. Uh, yeah. It kind of fell you off. Know, that, that was, that was the, the tipping point. That was when we kind of started going down on the roller coaster. Um, yeah. And you know, what led to that for them, you know, I, 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 it's not, not my, you know, not my business. I mean, I know some of the factors, but like, uh, just the warning signs. I mean, that, that's kind of what I, I guess what I was trying to say is, uh, you know, watch out for, you know, if you have, you have a good client, you know, maybe have a really good relationship with them. Um, but say they suddenly start being late on payments, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's so worth having, you know, a conversation with them and saying, you know, Hey, is this, you know, something up, you know, I, I really value our relationship, but I've got to, I've got to, I've got to pause work until, until I get these, these payments. And it's, it's difficult to do that. Um, especially if you got a lot of other stuff going on, you're just sort of like, okay, no worries. You know, don't you pay, pay later, whatever, you know, I mean, in our case, we were just busy, just trying to get stuff done. And, um, but, uh, after a while, you know, it, it will start to add up. And, and then, uh, you know, don't do what I did. And when, when they, when you do hear they're going bankrupt, don't keep working for them. Like, just stop. Like, stop oh them. no, I'll be good before don't they go bankrupt. Don't hold out hope. Don't hold I'll out get hope. out. I'll get the last bit of money. Don't hold out hope that you'll still get paid. Cause that's not how it works. <laughs> uh, I had the you know, the promise that the, uh, the investors were going to come in and save the day. And, um, and they did not, the, you know, the okay. company got bought by somebody else that already had designers and already had resources. And we were out and owed a whole bunch of money and never got it. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's important to kind of watch that. And then, you know, I think just, just paying attention to, you know, how, how, uh, how your clients run their companies and, and what kind of financial decisions they make. I mean, it's just, it's, it's important to, uh, not have, um, too many of your eggs in one basket, as they say, cause you know, you, you, 
you especially got to watch your highest paying clients and you're the ones that you rely on the most. Cause you know, when they go away, it could, could be bad news. Yeah. I, uh, I have a client that has been very good for me this year. Yeah. And I have had that in my mind of like, Hey man, don't get comfortable here, bro. Yeah. Because you know, it hasn't always been that way. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for this client, yeah, later. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been very fortunate in many ways where this year I've had like three or four clients pretty much. I mean, I had a few small jobs here and there, but more or less it's been repeat business from these three or four clients by and large. And it's been great, but there's part of me that's like, oh fuck dude, if one or two of these stops all of a sudden or all of them, like if a company goes bankrupt and then another one stops hire me because he stops getting yeah. work from this other company and this other one yeah. says hey we're done producing all our courses and they all three go away and I'm like oh there's 90% of my income gone man I really hope that doesn't happen but it could I mean that that was part of my uh, decision to make the jump back in the corporate world was just kind of recognizing that my biggest uh, source of income was coming from a very kind of unstable source and it was just like man i can't i can't rely on this source so whenever you took this job recently did you uh like how did how did this whole thing come to yes. be uh actually that's kind of interesting too because it it relates to freelancing so i uh like i said i i started in signage uh it's always been kind of a niche uh and, you know, in our, our, our business, you know, when I had my designers, it was kind of a three headed dragon. It was like, I handled, you know, signage projects. We had a designer that did most of the branding and then uh designer did a lot of the digital work. So um, websites, social media, stuff like that. Um, two, two of those heads, two heads of the dragon <laughs> went away uh, and that work, that work just wasn't coming in. And so I was just left with signage. And so I thought, well, if this is my main source of income, uh, I need to kind of market myself as, as a freelancer, as a contractor, somebody who can, uh, come in and pick up, pick up projects for companies that don't want to staff up and, and, uh, and take on the, the overhead, but, you know, have, have a little bit of extra cash that they can, they can pay me for, for freelance work, whether it's hourly or whatever. And so I started reaching out to, you know, what I would consider competitors, uh, in, in that industry. And it's, it's such a small niche and it's such a small industry that, you know, a lot of them were very eager and like got back to me right away. And, uh, uh, one of them happened to do that and they had, they had the full-time position that was enticing. So it was interesting that, you know, what kind of led me to my current position was this sort of idea of being a, a full-time, you know, contractor, contract worker. Um, and, and I know, I know some folks that have done that, you know, for a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always, the stress of like, when's that next job going to come in? You know, and I'm talking about like the folks who hop around from agency to agency. And, um, you know, I, I, I think I, 
maybe could have been happy doing that, but ultimately just kind of decided I wanted to at least try out <laughs> jumping back into the corporate world. And, you know, there's, there's still a chance that maybe in, if, you know, a few years, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to jump off again. I'm tired of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was so bad about it anyway? I yeah. killed it my first year before. Yeah. Maybe so, I can. Hmm. Never know. I mean, that's, that's. Ladies and I'm, gentlemen, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. The bridge. Yeah. That's right. Is that right? The bridge. So, bridge. Yeah. Bridge, bridge. Bridge studios. Bridge studios. Yeah. It's cool, isn't your? How do you? How's it spelled in your email? It's like B R. Yeah, B R dash D G E. It's uh, the bridge. You know, I have my really clever logo where the eye. It's is, cool. The eye is laying flat. It's very it's clever. When I saw your, <laughs> you told me about that on your, and I saw your email. I was like, oh, dude, that oh, is I still so confuse people because they look. They're like, B R dash D G E bridge, and I'm like, it, it's bridge. Like, I dude, <laughs> like, I saw it, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's brilliant. There's, there's still people that don't, they don't that see don't it, get it. They, they, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Well, dude, thanks for coming on today, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Any last? You have any last like wrap up thoughts? Any last words? You don't have to if you don't. Uh, that's fine. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think. You know, freelancing is uh, it's it's a critical part of uh, you know the economy and the world, and you know I think it's um, it's awesome that you know people that people do it, that people don't, you know, that can be people can be self reliant and you know not not have to just work for a big corporation and. Uh, I mean, dude, there's, there's nothing, nothing more like freeing than just being like totally self-sufficient and financially, uh, you know, independent and, uh, able to, to make it on your own. So I, I don't know. I think, uh, I, like I said, I, I, I think it, a lot of it comes down to, for me, I, you know, I don't have any, uh, like, um, heartburn or like, feel like I I failed in being a freelancer. I just feel like I kind of just grew to know myself and what I needed uh, through that experience. So uh, yeah. And I, I couldn't have gotten here. I couldn't gotten to where I am without, without freelancing. So that's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, and you're still doing it. So yeah. it's not yeah. like you're exactly. It's not like you're not like you've stopped freelancing. Exactly. Yeah. You've just you can always, added to you can always it. do it. You can always do it. Thanks for coming on, man. So, where uh, yeah. where can people find you and your work online? Uh, Br-dge.com. Um, I'll I'll be leaving up my site uh, for as long as I feel like. <laughs> so cool, I feel like it's just, it's just going to live in the in the internet for a while. So yeah, love it. Well, That's sweet. Cool. We'll have links to it in the uh, show notes. Awesome. Vkce.com slash freelance Friday or wherever you found this podcast. And if you found Robbie's interview slash conversation or anybody else's that you might have heard particularly helpful, please do me a favor and go leave me a rating and a review, an honest one, please. Just, I want to know what you think because 
this show matters to our listeners and really it's about the listeners and what they can take away from this and learn from this. And, uh, it helps me to know if I'm asking the right questions and talking after right, talking about the right kinds of things on here. That's helpful for you, the listeners. As always, thank you so much for listening and be with you next time. Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy. Big production value, freelance, agility, and scale.